Welcome to the Intended Blessing Podcast, hosted by William and Emma Lee Stanton. This podcast is intended to be a blessing to its viewers, as we focus on the blessings God intended in theology, marriages, and everyday life. We pray this podcast honors the Lord, edifies the saints, and causes some laughs along the way. So let's get to it. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. This is our round two as far as our episodes. I feel like round six of recording tonight. <sighs> yeah, so um, we recorded uh, about 50 minutes or 45 minutes yesterday. Um, but when we saved it onto the app, I had the strongest lisp I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> it was the microphone. It wasn't Will. I don't know what happened, but it was hilarious. Yeah, so... Um, we're recording this again for the second time in like 24 hours. Yeah, today when I was at work, Emma was sending me different excerpts of me <laughs> saying stuff with all sorts of lisps in everything I said. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Emma said when she I'm, listened to I it. I want to post on my Instagram um, story little excerpts that I saved. For yeah. To hear, it's so funny. I don't know what happened, but this is round two. So and hopefully... episode two. So thank you for coming back. So, two, two. We hope it's twice as good. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Emma. So, what is our topic for today? Okay. So, yeah, we are talking about um, defining what a woman is according to scripture. Um, This is definitely really fresh for me and important for me because um, I don't know if you all follow me online or not, but um, we just gave birth to our firstborn son five months ago. Um, and when he was first born, I was completely overwhelmed with guilt and true embarrassment for staying home with him. I was so confused with the gender roles and marriage roles. And again, I'm not saying that women cannot work outside of the home. We will address that later in this podcast, but, um, I was going to be, and Will wanted me to stay home with our son Asaph. But I just, because of culture and what it pushes, I just felt like a fish out of water. It was so embarrassing. And mm-hmm. so um, about five months ago, we started a journey of um, just kind of working through biblically what is the husband and wife roles, but then also what is a woman? What What is my role? What are my specialties? Mm-hmm. I also want to say, I keep getting worried now that I sound like I have the lisp. <laughs> no, you don't. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so pertaining to what a woman is, there was recently um, in one of the court cases, I don't know which one, all I know it is from the memes, and I imagine most people have seen it, but there was a lady who was asked what a woman, if she could define what a woman was, Mm -hmm. and she said, I'm sorry, I can't, I'm not a biologist, and we... Some of the memes out there are absolutely hilarious. Yeah, no, I haven't seen many of them, but I have heard that. Um, yeah, and just the hilarity of that relativistic thinking is just to think that you're sounding intellectual by pleading the fifth on to whether or not it is a woman or not. Okay, so with all of this gender confusion going on in society, why is it important, Emma, to define what a woman is? Um, I'd give a twofold answer for that, probably. 
Um, one being when we deny God's design and his creation, we deny him as the creator. When we're denying him as the creator, we are denying his supremacy and his authority. Um, my second point, um, I talk about this in my poetry book, um, The Homemaker's Verses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talk about it and I say, it is the home that is the heart of the culture and it is the woman who is the heart of the home. So we see this kind of domino effect when there is gender confusion on what a woman is, what a woman isn't, is a woman even a thing? Um, <laughs> there, you know that that affects the home naturally, but the home affects society and culture and history. Mm-hmm. So it's really important for um, Christians to be standing firm here on what a woman is and um, to redefine, or not to redefine that, but to. Um, Define it scripturally. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So what does scripture have to say about what a woman is? How does God describe what biblical femininity is? Um, Let's just go right back to Genesis too. You know, uh, our original purpose is to be a helpmate. Um, I want to read 1 Corinthians 11, 8 through 9. One second, I turn there. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 11, 8 through 9. It says, But woman is the glory of man. For man did not come from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. So, this is not fun in our day and age to hear this, that women were created to be the helpmate. Um... Oh, I was just going to look at it with you. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. But I guess what I would say to people out there who are obstinate against this, that if you don't like that, then you're going to have to find a different scripture because it's not just one verse. That ideology is pasted throughout all of scripture because God does not change, so his word does not change. And it is one flowing book and one flowing theme and the same God who wrote Genesis is the same God who wrote first Corinthians 11. And he is the same God that has defined what a woman is and what a woman is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like saying a woman is correct me, like is to walk alongside a man, um, mm-hmm. that she is to help a man and encourage and bless a man. And even Oh, I'm sorry, unless you... Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm kind of opening uh-huh. to discussion um, questions. And for the singles out there, we are still created to be a helpmate, but that helpmate could be the church. You know what I mean? I think um, I read a thread on Canon Press uh, this morning that was talking about... Or it was actually excerpts from Nancy Wilson's book, Single and Satisfied. Um, for any single ladies out there who are reading this, um, that is an absolutely amazing book from the little bits here and there that I've read. Um, but it just talks about the single women have such a huge role in the church. And I think a lot of times church is so... Um, people get the idea that if I'm not married, I don't have a place. Um, but also women in general feel like I don't have a place. I think people are getting kind of caught up in this idea that God made everything 
so beautiful. He made all of these crazy plants and this beautiful ocean and all these amazing animals. But then he made man super awesome and the authority. And then he made woman and was kind of like, okay, you're just kind of the aftermath. I just need something to support Adam and give him offspring. Mm-hmm. Um, but two things I would say to that are one, God did not call it good until he made Eve. Mm-hmm. And the second point I would say um, is that, um, oh goodness, where was it going with this? The first point being that God did not call, oh yeah, the second point would be that Eve was not created just to help fill the earth, but Eve was also given the command to subdue the earth with Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. our role is extremely important and we're going to talk about that as this podcast goes on of that we, yes, are the helpmate to our husband, but what that entails is endless. You know, it is not binding, it is liberating. And Mm -hmm. it is full of resources to glorify God and to um, be be an instrument for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the way that you can do that can be fleshed out in many different ways. Just like someone has chicken meat in the fridge and you can make a thousand different meals with it Hmm. (laughs) same with the woman she can bless and honor and build up her household like chicken in the fridge and innumerable Mm -hmm. of different ways yeah Um, do you want to bring up the point that um in the verse previous um what I'm sorry, but yeah, right here where it says that um, that woman is that man is. Oh, image. I see you're going with that. Yeah, I thought you were going to be wanting to talk about head coverings, and I was like, ooh, let's save that for a different podcast because that's yeah more in depth. Yeah, no, let's yeah, I completely agree. Let's focus on what a woman is. Okay, cool. Um, not pertaining to um. Okay, so the context specific. of the First Corinthians eleven verse is actually talking about head coverings. Um, and so the verse that Will brought up says, A man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God. But woman is the glory of man. Um, and I, I know where he's going with it now. But um, something that Rebecca Merkel talked about a lot was that um, people see this kind of line of where God is up here, and then man is in the center, and then woman is on the bottom. But that's not how the scripture is laid out. In fact, it's saying that man is the glory of God. He's made in the image of God. And woman is the glory of man. So that makes women the glory of glories. Mm -hmm. And that means that it is more concentrated. It is the more dense form of glory. It's not the little bit after little trinklets. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a word. But you get what I'm saying. It's not the little bits that are left over. It's the more concentrated. It's the all-surpassing um, form of glory, just like how the holy of holies means the most holy, how um, the song of songs means the most beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Um, same with the glory of glories. Woman is the glory of glories because mm-hmm. we are the glory of man and man is the glory of God made in the image of God. Which makes sense as to why men want to adorn their women with pretty clothing and nice jewelry is because that they take pride in the glory that she has. She has mm-hmm. beauty and excellence that they enjoy 
walking around town with and holding hands with. Hmm. Um, not in a way that would be promiscuous in our culture, but there is a beauty in man being proud of his wife's glory because he knows that it glorifies him. Just mm-hmm. as in the church, when the church is acting right before God, it glorifies Jesus Christ mm-hmm. um, because the church is the glorification of Jesus Christ. Um, and he is the husband and we are the bride. He adorns us with spiritual gifts and spiritual water and all blessings. Um, so it is just the same that a woman's role <clears throat> is in no way inferior but to the opposite, um, she is the glory of man, mm-hmm. um, and man would not be able to have that glory in his life apart from a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, I think that's really beautiful about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in regards to your question to me when you asked me um, what God has to say or what scripture has to say, um, I also wanted to bring up the Titus 2 passage. Okay, Um, starting in verse 3. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good, that they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will will malign the word of God. Um. So kind of like the fruit of the spirit that gave kind of like a list of things. And if we were to talk about each individual fruit of the spirit, that could take a long time. And same with, I'm going to be talking about this for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And same with um, this list that it gives for what women are to be. Um, But I just want to bring out a couple key points. The first one being reverent in the way they live. Um, That kind of points us back to 1 Peter 3. One moment while I turn there really quick. Where it says, um, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God, used to endure in themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands. So being reverent is part of being a woman. Not that we are quiet and that we are always hiding in the corner under a table and never speaking her mind. That's not found in scripture either, Mm -hmm. you know. But um, we have a gentle and quiet spirit. We are controlled about our spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, If you see a quarrelsome woman or if you see a woman who is bickering or just very outspoken and rude or crude or is very apparent that she has no control over her emotions, that is so, so far from the gospel. And that just is a stench. That's what it is. But if you see a woman who is controlled over her heart, her tongue, her attitude. If you see a woman who is reverent for the Lord, who is gentle and quiet, who is submissive to her husband, who is kind to her neighbor, that proclaims so loudly the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in 1 Peter 3, it says that's how women would adorn themselves. That is what makes a woman beautiful. Um, 
I don't remember where in Proverbs it says it, but it says, um, it's probably Proverbs 31, but where it says, charm is deceptive and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Um, it's beautiful to think about that our outward beauty is consistently going to be fading. You know, I'm not going to get any prettier here in 10 years, you know, um, physically, but inwardly I will become only more rich and more dense with beauty if I continue to walk with the Lord in a gentle and quiet spirit. And that will um, come outward. It will be an outward beauty because it's rooted inward. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the verse that you shared with me is like a gold ring in a pig's snout. You know, a woman who's beautiful on the outside but ugly on the inside, is it's not true beauty, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one of the points I wanted to bring about. Yeah, I don't. There's a, like a pro, a saying. I don't know. I don't think it's in scripture, but it says that beauty is skin deep, but ugly goes straight to the bone. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know where that comes from, but I've heard that recently. Yeah. So part of being a woman is obviously women want to be beautiful, and it is good to be beautiful on the outside, like how Will described. We are the glory of man, and we want to show that glory of our husbands or of man in general by adorning ourselves in a way that is pleasing to the Lord and a way that is beautiful. Um, but being a woman and being beautiful also is from the heart and true femininity, true um, a graciousness and elegance about us. Not that we all have to have this super delicate personality. You know, we are called to unity, unity of being Christ, Christian women, but we're not called to uniformity. We're not all called to have the same personality. So I, w- I do want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have a very um, a jumpy, very excited personality, um, but you can still be reverent in the way that you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other point that I wanted to bring about is... Um, okay, when it says at the end, so that no one may malign the word of God... This kind of ties back to our former, oh no, I'm thinking of yesterday's podcast. (laughs) We didn't talk about this yet. But um, when it talks about, um, so that no one may malign the word of God. Um, I think we did touch about it in this podcast. But where I was discussing how women think that because they have to stay home, they don't have a purpose. They're not a benefit to anything. They're just kind of that last little thing that God made. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is obviously so important that the men preach the word, but we are the security of that testimony by us living pure and reverent lives, by us being tending to the home, by us um, loving our husbands and submitting to them that the word of God says that this will make it so that no one may malign the word of God. That is a huge huge role that we play in our households, in the church, um, and in the mindset of the eternal kingdom. Would Mm -hmm. you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I would uh, claim to be a Christian and a follower of Christ, but to live as the world is to not image God, how he has made you to be, and ultimately not to be a woman that he has made you to Mm be. Um yeah, and people watch what you do and how you act and to uphold what is good and honorable glorifies the Lord and to do the opposite dishonors him. Um, 
yeah, there's a saying, atheists don't read their Bibles, but they read their Christians. Um, the world can't help but see what Christians do and try and think and observe and reflect on how they interact. And um, it says that all are accountable in Romans and all know that there is a God from the heavens and the glory of the earth. And um, all men are convicted and have an understanding that there is a God in the universe and they have an understanding of their conscience and right and wrong. And when we claim to know the truth and to hold the truth and to be saved by grace, we need to act like it. And women who live in a biblical role um, as um, godly wives and godly mothers and um, godly representatives of what a single girl would be like, it honors and glorifies um, their Lord, Jesus Christ, the one who was saved and purchased them by the blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, if a woman is to be the helpmate and busy at home, then does that mean she can't earn income at all? Um, well, again, let's just turn back to Scripture. Um, we see in Proverbs 31, I'm sure the ladies listening here, um, they've probably most likely read that chapter or heard it preached on. Um, but in Proverbs 31, the woman actually had an income. Um, they, she was seen constantly, um, making a profit for her husband. She was seen going out to vineyards and buying them and turning them for a profit, um, you know, she was constantly working about, um, and something I forgot to touch on in Titus too is the part where it says, um, that, that she is busy at home. That is part of being a godly woman is being busy at home. Um, so I think that not only is it permissible for a woman to, um, have an income in a sense, I believe that it's commanded. I believe that we are to be good stewards of what God has given us. We are to be tenants, the parable of the tenants. Um, we're not to just be stay at home moms and take this time that God has given us and bury it in the ground. We are to make a profit from it. Um, that could be through selling products that we have made, or it could be through the simple, um, saying a penny saved is a penny earned. Um, that could be the profit, the quote unquote income that we make. Um, so whether we are employed, that's probably the question most women would be asking is, um, can I be employed and still be a wife, a godly woman? Um, you can be employed outside of the home, but you have to still have your mind directed toward the home. You still have to be busy at home. Um, I think something you said last night when we first recorded this podcast was that um, all that she has to be all that she does has to be targeted towards the home, not away from it. So working outside of the home has to be for the purpose of edifying the home, not so that she can have a break from the home or not Mm -hmm. that she can go pursue her dreams away from the home or not that she can go um, be a breadwinner and be proud of herself outside of the home. That Mm -hmm. makes sense. So we do have the freedom biblically to work outside of the home, but that is under the approval of our husbands because they are our heads um, and that it is um, permissible 
as long as we continue to tend to the home first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can I speak on this a little bit? Yeah. Um, so yeah, pertaining to women earning an income, it's been a conversation me and Emma have had a couple times. Not that we've considered it, but we're just very grateful for the truth that we do have and the option that we have. Um, Because like Emma said at the beginning of the podcast, she struggled from time to time to feel this guilt that's been placed on her conscience that women are supposed to pave their own way and um, split the bill 50-50 with their husband and all this um, egalitarian feminism that tries to make a woman into a man. Um, It's interesting when you see feminist movies or anything, it's women doing masculine things to try to be more womanly. It doesn't make sense. Regardless, um... And takes away the glory of women, too. Like, we have such a beautiful, specific design, and if we are trying to be like men, that emphasizes the point even more that men are the superior. Yeah, and if you think of, like, an action-packed female protagonist movie, when you picture that in your head, you picture a girl with, like half of her head shaved, she's carrying a shotgun and wearing leather, and she's killing bad guys, you know? Like, that's just not what a woman is, and, like, that's not... That's giving her masculine attributes to try and feel better about being a woman, and it's all mixed up. But where I was going, as far as income, to center back on where I was at, is we've talked about how we could and have the ability for Emma to get a job, and then we could put Asaf, our baby, into daycare, but how expensive daycares are, um, we'd be Emma would be working just to have it to where someone else could be taking care of ASAP. Like it, it costs so much that Emma probably wouldn't earn much profit off of it at all, and she wouldn't be at home, and someone else would be raising our child that may or may not be um, qualified or have the ability that Emma would to raise our child. And we've just talked about the how that wouldn't be a good option. We'd rather have Emma stay home and take care of her baby than for her to get a job to pay someone else to take care of her baby. And just the... Um, and not to look down on anybody who is putting their child in daycare. Mm-hmm. You know, there's every every family has a different circumstance. But oh, I think the point that you're stressing is that it was ridiculous to want to do that just because I felt embarrassed. Right, yeah. You know. Yeah, it, yeah. It, so it's motive and the reasoning behind why why, oh, that, yeah. why that was so selfish and so wrong before the Lord. Right, yeah, because you so were... It wasn't the circumstance we were given. It was just mm-hmm. my own feelings. Right, yeah. Yeah, just with you wanting to conform to those in the world and how they have been doing it. Um, but yeah, no, I completely agree. There are circumstances where that could be permissible and a good and God-glorifying thing to take up that opportunity. We are blessed with innumerable amount of opportunities to raise and take care of our families. The other point that I was going to make is an Even Exile documentary that Rebecca Merkel put out. Um, they talked about how the Industrial Revolution changed everything for how women see themselves mm-hmm. when technology started booming and we have dishwashers and things to clean the floors and then uh, what's that robot that vacuums your floor so you never have to think about it? Roomba? I thought it was Robo. I think it's a Roomba. 
a bunch of videos of cats sitting on them wheeling around <laughs> the house. Anyway, um, with all the technology and all the blessings that we have from technology, women have found no purpose in being home. And she just emphasized mm-hmm. how um, women have left the home to go find purpose somewhere else because they can tidy up and take care of their household in just a an hour and have all of the cleaning and all of the normal duties that she would do done super quickly. And then that's why women have gone into the workforce and been led there. Um, because back in the day, women were much more working in the fields, much more, um, it took a lot of work to keep her family alive. A lot of hard work. I've heard it recent that, um, two generations ago, an average woman's grip strength is stronger than most men's grip strength today. (laughs) Just with how much they were pulling weeds and making stuff and cleaning their clothes with their hands, like, um, things have changed drastically and it's left a lot of women to not know what to do with the rest of their time. Um, but something that is also a blessing is there's so many different ways that women can consider a field and earn a profit. You know, Mm -hmm. there's so many different hobbies. Emma has tried a couple. She's brought home some raggedy furniture that she found for free or cheap. And then, sanded them down and stained them and tried that avenue she's tried all sorts of different things that um, she could just have a hobby to do um, more of a side hustle to do whenever um, she had the time throughout the day and yeah so there's opportunities where women can be creative to do certain type of things Mm -hmm. that can still meet that standard of building up her home while being in her home Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing wrong if a woman were to have a really good career um, if the husband was on board and felt like he would, all of his needs were met and the children's needs were met, then a job would be very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of going back to like the parable of the tenants, you know, it's we. It's not that we have to forsake microwaves and anything that is easier to help us in our day and that we have to go back to washing our laundry by hand you know it's not that that is our goal to make us feel more satisfied but like how you said there are so many resources and ways to where we can make an even greater profit than our great grandmothers you know there's the the opportunities are endless and it kind of goes back also to the point of Eve was not just made to help fill the earth she was made to subdue it Mm -hmm. so it god intended and designed women to be hard workers at the core to be um totally giving at the core i mean you think of even a mother and how she is continually giving and pouring out her body heart and soul and just dying for that child every day god intended women to be like i don't i can't think of the right word i'm I don't know how to explain it, but, you know, God intended women to be hard workers. And, um, I think when we have just succumbed, I'm sorry, full-time workers is what I was thinking, but like more 24, seven hour workers. Oh yeah. I just meant like, yeah, like they just are hard workers. And I was trying um, to think of the word, but yeah, full-time because it's definitely being a mother and a mom and a wife isn't part-time like it. Yeah. Like you don't sleep through the night and you're always on call. It's like. 
then when the dinner is done, someone's got to put it away, you know, stuff like that. So anyways, so God intended for women to be hard workers. And when we try and do all these easy routes of just doing TV dinners every single night just because we're lazy and would prefer to get things, the chores done the easy way so that we can just sit down on our phones, um, then we are forsaking God's design for us and we're becoming merely decorative, as Rebecca Merkel talked about it, that we are just becoming something pretty to open the door to our husband when he gets home. And But what, what have we profited from that? But... Yeah. Right, and you're missing out on the intended blessings that God's given women to enjoy. Um, Emma's taken time to learn different dinners, and I've been incredibly blessed with all of the different <laughs> things that she's tried. Um, but that's the thing, like, she's tried things that haven't worked, and she's tried things that have worked amazingly. Um, mm-hmm. So just being creative and taking time and being intentional brings about more satisfaction and glory to God because that's what women are made to do is to honor and bless their households. Be a helpmate. Be a helpmate. Perfect. Okay, next question, Emma. What does it look like to tend to your home first? So, um, again, married or not, uh, childless, barren, or... You have a dozen children. You can mold this and apply these common truths to your situation, your circumstance. Um, but I would say the first thing would just be to tend to the literal home. Um, can you see your phone? Mm-hmm. Oh. I have a quote I want to share with you guys from Elizabeth Elliot. She says, the way you keep your house, the way you organize your time, the care you take in your personal appearance... The things you spend your money on all speak loudly about what you believe. The beauty of thy peace shines forth in an ordered life. A disordered life speaks loudly of disorder in the soul. So that all being said, the way we order our home and our lives and structure our time all speaks loudly about what we believe. Um... The Nancy Wilson talks about um, cleanliness is close to godliness. So when we are creating purity uh, free of dirt and grime in our homes, when we are creating structure and discipline in our literal home of how we tend to the home, we are creating purity and discipline and structure in our spiritual lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, another point here would be of a way we can be a helpmate to our husbands when he is coming home from a hard days of work and we um, are able to prepare a place for him that is clean, that is organized and structured. Um, It helps him to mentally relax because when things are cluttered everywhere, it is a mentally distraction and it's not easy for our husbands to relax. Um, Just, and even when you think about um, cleanliness is close close to good health you know we are continuing to keep our children in good health when we are tending to the home we are continuing to continuing to create a happy environment in which there is peace in the ordered soul because there is order in our daily lives um so i think that'd be my first point um do you have any thoughts on that or do we move on to the second point um 
No, I don't think I have any thoughts on that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah you hit it all. Okay. Yeah. I think the second point um, of um, what it means to tend to our home first would be our children. We are to be nourishing our children. We are to be nurturing them and teaching them. Proverbs 22.6 says, um, train up a child in the way it should go. So part of our duty in tending to the home is pouring into the spiritual lives of our children, making sure that they are not being indoctrinated by the world, that they're not being indoctrinated by pagans in our culture, but that they are rooted deeply in the word of God and the truth of the gospel. Um, we are to be nurturing our family. We are to be edifying, encouraging, um, building them up. Um, oh, my, one of my favorite verses is Proverbs 14, 1, where it says, um, a wise woman builds up her house, but a foolish one tears hers down with her own hands. Um, to kind of put that into day-to-day life, we build up our families through the way we talk to them and the way we talk about them. But a foolish woman, a foolish mother and wife, tears her family's, tears her family and her household down with her own mouth. Um, and lastly, just even thinking of nourishing. We nourish our family through the food that we prepare. Um, again, going back to cleanliness is close to godliness. Cleanliness of your gut is close to spirituality godliness you know we are body and soul um when we create a um a healthy diet in our lives again it's not necessary we are still um called to be obedient regardless but it does aid us like god creates created us to be body and soul so it helps us in our journey heavenward to be more clear of mind to be more alert to be more um just wholesome in what we intake and that will be more wholesome in what we are able to fix our mind on. If that does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and then I think our last point. So when you said, "What does that look like to tend to the home?" First one being the literal home. Second one, our children, and then third one, our husbands. Um, so we, as wives, tend to our home by helping our husbands um, in his mission at work. Um, God designed man to work until the field um so we can help him by being encouraging by thanking him by respecting the hard work that he does by sending him with healthy meals to nourish him throughout the day um we um tend to our husbands by just being his cheerleader being there to support him no matter what um, we tend to, um, our husbands by turning a profit for him about not just sitting idle at home, um, but to just, um, use the time and the resources and be good stewards of what God has given us to bless our husbands. Um, we tend to his literal home, like how we already talked about creating a space for him to come home where he feels honored, um, where he feels welcomed and where he's able to relax um, we tend to our husbands by raising up his quote unquote arrows from Psalms 127 when it talks about, um, our children are, um, arrows in the quiver for our men to take to the city gate to meet his adversaries. So we are raising up, um, a generation, a heritage for our husbands that will honor him and that will stand by his side and worship alongside of him. Um, I just, I love, um, I'm going to read it really quick. It's uh, Psalms 128. It says, Blessed are all who fear the Lord, 
You walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessing and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your your table. Yes, this will be a blessing for the man who fears the Lord. So I pray that often, and I'm sure every woman and wife would want to hear that she is a fruitful vine for her husband. We want to be blossoming with grace and giving him the gifts of um, just gentleness and um, peace as he comes home. Um, lastly, I would just say that God calls women and wives to tend to the home by tending to their husbands sexually. Um, God designed marriage to be rich with intimacy. Um, and though the sexual relationship obviously is for us women as well, um, God designed women to meet that need for their husbands because we are in nature, their helpmate. Um, and God that's clearly to see in nature and that you see man naturally is made to be the initiator and the woman to be the receiver. It is natural for the woman to be, um, the one that is to meet that need for her husband. Um, something that, um, the Lord has, uh, brought to my attention recently. It's just that beautiful truth that, um, intimacy is not just for pleasure. It is for protection, um, I think it's, do you know if it's 1 Corinthians 7? I can't remember. No, I don't know. But that passage where it talks about um, if you cannot control yourself, then marry. Oh, yeah. It's either 1 Corinthians 7 or 2 Corinthians 7. Um, but, <laughs> bless you. Thank you. <laughs> but, um, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm pausing to watch you sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> um, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's for protection for our marriage and for our husbands as well as for ourselves Um, because the days are evil and God intended marriage to be um, a one flesh relationship in which we can um, edify one another and carry each other's burdens until the day of Christ. Mm -hmm. So, but Will, what about for you? Uh, I got some questions I want to ask you. Um, Do you have any closing thoughts on um, the importance and the need for women to be biblical women, if that makes sense. <laughs> I did not word that how I intended. <laughs> yes, I know what you're saying. Um, the importance of women being as God made them to be. The reason that it is most important for women to be as God intended them to be in worship and reverence and fear of the Lord mm. Um, calling and beckoning upon him to give them strength and guidance and grace as they go about taking care of their households, loving their husbands, nourishing children, and just being able to build up and encourage her household is because that is how the world is transformed. Um, The world is not transformed on an individual level. Um, the world isn't transformed on some big concert that gets really emotional. Um, that's not how reformation ever happens. Um, what ends up happening all the time when it comes to reformation and a big drastic change in the understanding and a culture, it always begins at the dinner table. A woman taking care of her household and building it up and edifying it in the word and um, 
bringing about catechisms in the children to where they're understanding what is the chief end of man, what is sin, who is God, um, learning the fundamentals of the Christian belief, and then being able to love one another and rejoice with one another as they worship the Lord um, on the Lord's Day and also throughout the week just brings about um, a reformation in their family that brings encouragement, edification to the church that they're a part of. And the church has an impact on the society and culture around. Um, So women have an incredible influence on where the culture is going and where the culture is. The culture has fallen apart because families have fallen apart. Women are the roots of their families. Men are more offense and women are more defense. That's why women get much more patriotic about defending their household and men um, aren't quite as patriotic. There have been times where people have said something and Emma is very on fire and, um, (laughs) you know, just like very strong feelings for protecting the honor and her household and um, and that's good because that's the way God has made her. Um, so women, where was I going? Where was I at? Just... No, they asked me on drawing a blank. I definitely was listening. But... Okay. I started thinking we, yeah, we had talks about the patrioticness of Emma and Emma. Yeah. So I started like thinking about that. I think where I was going was, um, just the impact that women have on their families. Oh, yeah. Um, women being the roots and the foundations and the defense of the family is what gives the men and those in the household to reach out and do great things. Um, mm-hmm. Just when a family is biblically rooted and they're one flesh in how they worship, one flesh in how they communicate and talk through things, Um, the man is able to feel confidence in who he is as a man and Mm. um, isn't filled with insecurity and confusion as to whether or not he's able to take charge or where the family is to go. And he is able to make decisions that lead his family in godliness and lead his family in directions that would be most wise and helpful for them. Um, So to be a woman made after God's image who glorifies her husband and glorifies the Lord and how she loves him and loves the Lord um, will bring about um, a family that worships God and a family that has an impact on those around Um, Mm -hmm. and women are just as influential to the culture as men are. Um, but women start from the inside and men normally work on the outside. Um, Jesus relates the kingdom of God to a mustard seed, something that starts out small, but grows incredibly big. And that is how our households are. Mm. We never should look down or second guess what impact our individual households could have or how negative art of an influence our households could have. Um, we should understand the truth that God builds up according to covenants and the covenant of marriage and of family 
and of um, what a woman's role in that is incredibly important to how she reaches and blesses the world around her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that summarizes all. Yeah. Do you have any advice for men who have a wife that refuses to live out this God-given design? Um, I would suggest that men would be patient with their wives um, and understanding um, not to enable her to sin and to give a defense for why what she did was reasonable or good, but to um, just be there to listen. Um, There have been times where Emma feels upset or strongly about something and I just want to fix it immediately and that isn't helpful for a woman to have a man just come in and fix it. Um, Women don't want to be treated like a vehicle, a car, where you just get right on the problem. They want you to be there with him and to understand where they're at. Um, There have been times where I'm just trying to correct Emma's thoughts and not listening to her, and she just feels alone and um, like I'm not wanting to be there with her. So for women who struggle with living out a biblical design, um, I would just encourage men to have um, just better communication with their wives, to be patient and understanding and to ask intentional questions. But as far as devotions, I would suggest for sure the man needs to lead in the spirituality um, of his household. It is his responsibility. Um, Scripture calls man the priest of his household and um, men are to lead in that way. Men are fundamental when it comes to where the family goes and the direction and he's the one who guides the ship. Um, So it's important that the man is leading in devotions and the biggest thing that I would suggest as a beginning step is to pray with your wife each night to come before the Lord and um, just be completely reconciled and completely um, close with your wife each night as you go before the Lord, giving thanks, asking for strength, um, and just talking through daily issues once a night with your wife. Um, you know, let the sun go down while you're still angry. Ephesians mm-hmm. 3.20. Yeah, yeah, just that verse about not letting the sun go down when you're upset. And nothing more brings you to reconciliation and coming before the Lord. Um, yeah, you don't feel comfortable going to the Lord in prayer with your wife when you're in the middle of a strife, um, mm-hmm. nor does she. So I would encourage that and it's attractive severely. For a wife to see your husband pray. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how a, a man can lead his wife into her God-given role and to adorn her with the grace and glory that God has intended to give a woman. I think also praying for her is a big one too. Mm-hmm. Not just praying for her when you're with her, but like praying for her on your own time throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Like right. You're meant to bathe her in the word and part of that is bathing her before the Lord, like continuing to um, lift her up to the Lord, to mm-hmm. the one who is actually able to redeem her and refine her. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So yeah if that's your huge. wife was dying of cancer, would you not 
continually seek the Lord out in prayer over her, why wouldn't you do the same for her soul? Right, yeah, if your woman's dying from the worldly philosophies of pagan feminism. Um, and even if she's not, even if she's a normal wife. Yeah, even, <laughs> even if she's just normal and as struggling for a season with a new topic or something that she's working through or growing through, we're all growing um, towards perfection. So um, there will definitely be things that every woman is going to go through and praying for through those things. Mm-hmm. Um, just as super encouraging. Yeah. We're reaching a little bit to the end. Do you think you could share a couple sentences mm-hmm. on any advice for men out there who are seeking a wife? So um, since we, this is round two of our podcast, I talked about this yesterday and from um if i could boil it down quickly because this is longer than what we were hoping um but yeah i would suggest a man who's seeking a wife is to seek a woman who is just like the reformation says she is a soulish scriptura girl (laughs) (laughs) one who is in subjection and submissive to god's word and holds it as supreme authority um, it needs to be a believer. It's very clear in scripture that, um, believers are to marry believers. Um, mm-hmm. so to not marry a nominal Christian who is a Christian only by name sake or, um, something small, but someone who is actually, um, working out their salvation with fear and trembling, um, is super mm-hmm. important. But the next biggest advice I would say is to be close with the father um, and for her to be on good terms with the father uh, or her father. Um, Marriage is a covenant and a household is a covenant. So there is much more going on in the marriage ceremony than what many Americans ever think about. It's not a Hallmark movie of um, just wonderful feelings and emotions and excitement but there's so much more fundamental things that are um, bonds that the lord is putting together between two humans to live with one another and to support one another until the day they die Um, so there's so much going on and it needs to be taken with reverence and fear and um, the man pursuing the woman needs to be on the best terms with her father um, to the best of his ability. The last thing that a man could do is, or would want to do, would to be indifferent as to whether or not her father liked him. Um, For them to start off their marriage with her disobeying her father and going against his wishes um, is rocky ground to start a relationship on. For her to defy the headship she's under, then to be under your headship is like starting a relationship when on cheating. To start a relationship by defying the grounds that someone had already made to someone else. Um, of course, in situations in this fallen world, there's many permissible and good situations where a woman does defy her father's wishes um depending on the situation but in everything that um like as long as it is up to you i would seek the 
approval and blessing of the Father. And I see that as incredibly important in seeking mm-hmm. a godly wife. Mm-hmm. Super good. Yeah. yeah. I think that about wraps it up. But yeah, thank you all for listening um, and for coming back for our second podcast. Um, we hope it was a blessing for y'all. Um, feel free to check out at Christ Loving Wife, the Instagram page where we do updates daily. Um, go ahead and like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast so you can get notification whenever we release a new one. We're excited for next week. We will be, um, talking about why dangerous men are important. Um, but go ahead and comment any topics you would like discussed. We would love to hear from you and to put something together where we can grow ourselves and share what we have learned. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we hope you guys have a good night or a good morning, whatever you're doing. Thank you. Come again. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)